0: combined travel checklist of 130 countries this is me andrea and me heidi ready to whisk you around the world and fill those gaps in your lives. in this episode we're going for goal as we match the beautiful <laughs> game with our love of travel and even better we're bringing
1: you all the action from the childhood home of one of football's most iconic players the fifth beetle himself George Best
0: (laughs) we'll also be revealing a football themed top five and I'll be hoping to score by Guessing Heidi's Where in the World in which I try to find a footy themed destination in three simple clues. And all
1: I can say is, you're not very good you're not very good you're not very, you're not very, you're not very good. Alright, alright,
0: calm down. (laughs) It's going to be real (laughs) end to end stuff. So are you much ready Heidi? Like you wouldn't believe Bri. Who's Bri? I don't
1: know. Uh, But it is apt because are you ready for my next where in the world. I'm so ready. You better be ready because if you get this wrong and then you get a third one wrong, that's a hat trick
0: <laughs> of losses.
1: <laughs> okay, clue one. This location features a depiction of another football legend.
0: Okay, so... Football themed episode, Mm it's going to have to be a big one. Am I allowed to ask questions? Is it it a mural? Is it a statue? Well, no, you can't ask questions. Well, I'm thinking Maradona, Pele, David Beckham...
1: They're all footballers.
0: <laughs> this is true. Um, Would you like another Brazil, clue? Brazil, Argentina. Like another clue? Next clue? Yes, please. The original
1: artwork was replaced after being globally ridiculed.
0: Oh. Uh, you see, the thing is, oh. even though this is a football special, I'm not incredibly knowledgeable about football. Get in! Um, there's, the the, there's a statue of uh-huh. Michael Jackson uh-huh. somewhere. Oh, and yeah. is it Ronaldo? There's a statue of Ronaldo uh-huh.
1: somewhere. Yeah, okay. Well, what do you want to say? Do you want clue three? Uh, it might help. Okay, clue three. But you can't, you know, you can have a guess, but we're not revealing it no. until until the final whistle. Okay. Very good. Right, clue 3. The location is named after the footballer who was born on the island on which it is set or which it is set on which it is
0: where it is, <laughs> where it is. Where it is. I have no idea. It's the location. It's a place. Okay. It's named after the footballer okay who was
1: born on the island where it
0: is. It's a So it's going to be like a stadium or a museum. Do you want to mull it over and we'll move on? Yeah, I'm just... uh, I tell you, Heidi, I'll be sick as a parrot if I don't get this. I'll be over the moon. (laughs)
1: Well, here we are at George Best's Childhood Home in Belfast. It's now available as an overnight rental. And before our heads hit the pillow, separate bedrooms, by the (laughs) way, can I just clarify? Um, Showing us around is tour guide and George Best superfan, Peter McCabe.
2: Welcome to the George Best house. My name is Peter McCabe and you're very welcome to George's Childhood Home. The Best family moved into this house uh, in 1948 and they were the first... Uh, family in the street, Burnway. Way. George Best was about 15 months when the family moved in. So the Best family have been the only family that ever lived in this house. If you fast forward then from 1948 to 2008, when Dickie, George's father, passed away, he had lived in the same house for 60 years. Then the ch- a charity uh, called Eastside Partnership, a regeneration charity in East Belfast, uh, bought the house and it has been a short-term holiday let ever since recently we did what's called a retro refurb and we brought the house back to 1961 as it would have been when george left living here uh, to go in search of his dreams in manchester so it's been retro refurbed back to 1961.
0: Peter, I really remember houses like this. Like I would have had great aunts and, you know, grandparents and the house is really, really authentic. It just would have looked like this. But can you tell us something a bit more about the area that we're in, in this part of Belfast?
2: So it's a fairly working class area. Dickie, the father, he worked in the shipyards and then the mother, she had a number of jobs as well. She worked in a cigarette factory, Gallagher's, um, as well as a chip shop uh, around the corner.
0: What was it like when George came back to this house at the height of his fame and all, you know, I've seen photographs of he's out kicking a ball with the local kids. It must have been like a rock star arriving home.
2: It was, and it was a bit of a strain, to be honest, to the family. So uh, George would have uh, negotiated with a neighbour where if the press was waiting for him out the front of the house, he'd nip down their alleyway, out their back door, jump over the fence, and then uh, his mum and dad would let him into the house so then giving the press the slip.
1: And isn't it great for tourists coming here that they can genuinely say they've slept in the same room where their footballing hero slept?
2: It is unique, so you can stay for example in um, Kenny Dalglish's childhood home or Ronaldo's childhood home, but he can certainly stay in George Best's.
0: Yeah, and just as we go up the stairs, there's lots and lots of photographs here on the wall, all black and white, all beautifully framed, really telling the story of the family.
2: Then there are a number of photographs of George in uh, international action for Northern Ireland. So the famous photograph, for example, when, uh, when he kicked the ball out of Gordon Banks's hands, Uh, playing for Northern Ireland against England at Windsor Park.
0: I love the um, carpet, the carpet's carpet's very authentic.
2: It it is authentic because this wasn't changed. So this was here, this is here, uh, you know, prior to the retro refurb. So we're up the stairs now and uh, this is, we still have a separate uh, room for the uh, toilet. So prior to the best moving in here in 1948, to go to the toilet you would normally have to go to the yard, in other words the toilets would have been outside. So this was kind of seen as cutting edge and, and a luxury.
1: It moved up in the world, they had
2: the Peter? Yes, an inside toilet, uh, shows you had arrived. So And also at the top of the stairs then we have a number of photographs um, uh, from Old Trafford around the time of George's past. So we'll go into one of the three bedrooms now. The first bedroom is the most uh, migraine inducing, uh, it's back to 1961. Uh, when everything clashed.
0: Wow, you were not wrong when you said there's a lot of clashing. This is not minimalist. No. Garish, would that be Everything has
1: uh, flowers. The bedspread has flowers. The carpet has flowers. The wallpaper (laughs)
0: on all four walls has, has flowers. flowers but they're all different flowers and they're all Uh-oh. different colours but that's even worse <laughs> <laughs> so this this was uh, George's mum and dad's room no this, no. this would have
2: been his uh, where the sisters the twins would have slept so we're going to go into the mum and dad's room uh no. This is the parent. This is George's parents' bedroom.
1: Uh, this
0: is more this relaxing. relaxing. Not really. Right. This is quite a good size for a bedroom. So when you come
2: in the door, then to, to this, to the main bedroom on the left, then there's a wedding photograph of George's mum and dad on their wedding day. So it's quite a lovely photograph. And then behind the door, then you'll there's a photograph of Dickie, George's father, with his first, holding his firstborn. In other words, George. Now we'll we'll go into George's room. Well,
0: this is this is the keeping the best to last. Presumably, when people come and well, exactly when people come to stay. I imagine everybody wants to sleep in the George Best room. Absolutely. Just yes. gonna shiver up your spine coming in? I did a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. I feel suddenly better able to play football, it has to be said. Oh, well, yeah we'll check that right.
2: out tomorrow. Monday, <laughs> it hasn't worked for me, sadly. Um, so in, this, in George's childhood bedroom, we've got a Spartacus poster. That would have been a, a famous film from the time when George was sleeping here. On the bedside cabinet, then we've got a wireless for any younger uh Listeners, that's a radio.
1: Imagine you <laughs> explain
2: that. And that's for the um that that's like the type of wireless or radio that George would listen to, uh, the football on, and then also in the bedside cabinet. Then we have a Tiger Annual from 1959, and then a couple of Manchester United reviews in here as well. So yes we're back in the main room and uh, as we conclude then I'm going to talk about uh, George's final visit to home. So when he'd passed away in the Cromwell Hospital in London, uh, the family brought his remains back to this house and he was laid out in this very room. The funeral then left here and then it went up to the Parliament building, buildings at Stormond. So it's like Northern Ireland's only more or less state funeral was reserved for George Best. And then he was laid to rest in Roselawn Cemetery, along with his beloved mother, who had predeceased him by many years. And then, sadly, since then, his father has died. He's also buried in the plot. So, again, the, f- the best family have been the only family that have ever lived in this house. So, it is a unique experience, and it is easy to feel close to arguably the world's. Uh, greatest footballer in this special property.
1: And tell us a wee bit about the audio guides that you've introduced as well. We're very lucky to have you here in the flesh, Peter, but not all the time, but it doesn't matter. People can still get this experience.
2: Yes, although, of course, I, I would say you need to have the, the, the live guide. But yes, we have all, we have got these new audio guides and they were uh, compiled by Barbara McNary, a sister of George's, and the words are read by a daughter of Barbara's. So in the auto guide, he recollects happy memories of growing up here in this house 16 Burnway along with George and some of the scrapes that the two of them got into.
1: And it's fair to say that the people of Belfast are proud of George and so much so that the local airport is named after him.
2: Absolutely yes that was named after him uh, just uh, on the first anniversary of his death so in other words 2006 it was named after him so uh, yeah, quite rightly proud of them. So Northern Ireland's a small place, 1.7 million uh, people. So we always kind of punched above our weight um, in, in a number of sports, but particularly football. So to have, arguably, although people here would say it's not even it's not open for debate, it's 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 fact uh, that he was the world's greatest footballer. So to have a world's greatest footballer coming from this little house in the Craig estate in East Belfast is quite special.
0: It's the time of the show where we look at a top five and discuss it. And in our football-themed episode, we've got the world's top five football stadiums to visit before you die. Now, it always helps to do something before you die. (laughs) I do find, find? if I am going to visit something, I do prefer to do it before I die. Being alive. Yes, uh, it always helps. Yes. So I would say... This top five, it's a good squad on paper. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, another football pun it's courtesy of luxurylifestylemag.co.uk they say it has been made in collaboration with footballing experts they don't say who mm. maybe it's Professor Google well known as expert but they have identified the top five stadiums all football fans should put on their bucket list but there are no numbers on this list which drives me mad well we'll so, number them well, in do our I squad go, do I go from top to bottom or bottom to top Life's very complicated. I think I'm going to go by capacity. Yes. Because capacity is listed. Okay. Back of the net. I think we've already done that one, but yeah. Ready to go. go. <laughs> let's go for
1: it. I'd be giving you a yellow card anymore,
0: that caper. <laughs> Heidi, you've lost the dressing room, I'm afraid, with that uh, one. Okay, so we're going by capacity in this list. Smallest capacity first. Number five on the list of football stadiums you should see, preferably before you die, to make the most out of it is the Macarena. Macarena Stadium in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. No, I Brazil. think it's
1: Maracanã. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's Maracanã. No, you're American-a. right.
0: You're right because we're <laughs> thinking of Hey Macarena. <laughs> <my> oh <laughs> yeah. No, really, because I have written it down phonetically. You you should have uh, read it before you said it. It's the Maracanã.
1: Maracanã. Okay. It's the
0: Maracanã Stadium.
1: Where's that again? (laughs) It
0: was in Rio. Capacity 78,838. And it's the home to the Brazilian national football team. The most successful nation in World Cup history with five World Cups. And sixty-two international titles. The stadium was developed in time for the nineteen fifty World Cup, in which Brazil lost out to Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Must have been painful. Mm-hmm. The stadium underwent significant redevelopment ahead of the twenty fourteen World Cup.
1: What I know about the Maracana is
0: that I've it's, heard. I, I know that it's not pronounced Macarena. No, <laughs>
1: Macarena or Maraconi or Macaroni is there's they, they, do, they have the big. Um, flags and that people sort of pass over their heads but it's massive flags are massive right and they're so big that people can copulate underneath them and by the time it passes over them they could have sired a child they could
0: have the next
1: big star of the
0: and the baby would have to be called Whatever, the, time, whatever <laughs> the, the name of the stadium is. So it's about 12 kilometres north of Copacabana in a mostly residential area, but you can buy a ticket to see the local teams who are Flamengo, mm-hmm. Flamengo, mm-hmm. and uh, Fluminese. Fluminese. Was that Fluminese for you to say? <laughs>
1: Now, you've been to Rio. I have. Have you been to the Maracanã? No, I have been to... You probably tried to get there, but the bus driver didn't know what you were asking for. And if we're going from smallest to biggest, I thought the Maracanã was right up there. So I'm mildly, if not largely curious to see what's next. Well,
0: exactly. I just, before we move on, I just want to say, you can't talk about football in Brazil without talking about Pelé, who said that George Best was the greatest footballer he ever saw. That's right. Famously, yes, and we are are we not sitting here right sitting. now
1: talking about football stadiums in the house where George Best Kicked his first football.
0: Exactly. And grew up. He yes. lived in this house yes. until he went to Manchester. Yep. So this is, you know, he would have had like his dinner around this table. Yeah, and I looked out that window. He would have looked out that window. just And looked out that window. Looked out the other window. It's double, what do you call it? Double windowed. Yes. He probably did look out both windows. He definitely you know? did. What
1: you feel in his presence? I feel, I feel
0: I feel like if I went outside and kicked a ball in the garden, I would suddenly be better at it. Well, they will probably the tell you off because it was a quarter to eleven at night. Okay. But you are
1: wearing a George Best t-shirt, and we're going to have pictures
0: yeah. to prove that. So on I'm wearing our my George Best t-shirt. We're in George Best childhood home. But anyway, Pele, back to Pele. He scored his one thousandth goal at the stadium in nineteen sixty nine. Are we still at Maracanã? We are still one more fact. Oh, Pele debuted for Brazil. On july seventh, nineteen fifty seven, at age sixteen. Bless him. Yeah. So we're going bigger now, a bigger I can't stadium. Be- I literally can't believe this. Well, there is the next one, number four on the list. Mm-hmm is the estadio azteca mm-hmm. <laughs> mexico, city. mexico city yeah yeah, <laughs> right, yeah the clues in the name capacity eighty-seven thousand five hundred twenty-three. it opened in 1966 it's the home of the mexican national side
1: 1966 now that year yeah, rings
0: a bell it does it's kind of famous in yeah. footballing and we may well talk about it later on in Ooh, the list I don't wanna... it was in this stadium In which Diego Maradona scored his infamous hand of God goal for Argentina during the Argentina versus England quarterfinals match of the 1986 World Cup. And what a pairing that was. Four years after the Falklands War between the UK and Argentina, he actually hit the ball with his hand before his head. And give Argentina a one-nil lead. Argentina went on to win two-one with Maradona scoring a second goal, known as the goal of the century. That's
1: right. He sort of redeemed himself. Peter Shilton was the goalie for England, and he obviously—I mean, the, the the freeze frame of that moment does in fact show it as being a, a, a hand. Yes, well, I think A <laughs> Handball. And even Maradona, he himself, yes. by calling it the hand of God, he had admitted yes. to it. But yes, it was a fantastic second goal.
0: Yeah. And can you do. Tours of that stadium? You certainly can. There are guided stadium tours that include the press room, the home dressing room, the players' tunnels and the dugouts. Tickets can be bought online or at the stadium and they started around £3.50 for a typical league game. So, bad. again, I'd love to see that. Compared to tickets for the next stadium... We're going to talk about that is really cheap. Right. So next on the list, number three, bigger again than the Estadio Azteca, is Wembley Stadium. Wembley, Bondon.
1: Wembley. Is that actually a song or and a chant? Welcome to Wembley. Wembley. <laughs> okay, yes.
0: Capac- yeah. have, uh, capacity ninety thousand. Home to the English national team, Wembley Stadium reopened in two thousand and seven. On the Site of the original Wembley Stadium which dated back to 1923 and what have we just been talking about what famous year it's revered and famous for hosting the
1: 1966 World
0: Cup final which was
1: won by
0: oh, I can't remember <laughs> nobody knows can you
1: enlighten me no oh. who would
0: have won it who would
1: England? Have... England. England. by beating West Germany
0: so you can do a behind the scenes stadium tour that include the dressing rooms press Room, players tunnel and royal box it's 22 pounds for a tour mm-hmm. i actually looked this up today so it's not too bad okay we're getting bigger aren't we yeah we're getting me. bigger right. we're getting bigger right
1: well i mean can i i think there's there is a big one that i have been to which is camp new in Barcelona. okay and i'm glad I'm, you I've, I've been to a match there and it was very wow. big who, i, I who got was, the nosebleeds who was in the match in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> and know, I'm playing somebody else. Uh, I don't remember, but it was bloody massive, right?
0: So you got the cheap seats right up at the top. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's the capacity is ninety nine thousand three hundred fifty four. Crazy. So you were probably in seat. 99,353 but all
1: the players look like I know mean, you're going to tell us all about it but the players look like little ants and the thing is when you go to see Northern Ireland play at Windsor Park you're practically on pitch side and it creates a cauldron of fear for the opposition yeah. so, but I mean I went there and I i mean, I needed my opera glasses yeah. and I didn't I've, have them all I've around. been at
0: concerts like that yeah. where you buy like the very cheapest seat you watch, and, you watch yeah. the screen it's like being in a helicopter <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> yeah? Yeah. and trying to watch it Well, come no. Is that how you pronounce yes, it? Yes, I think okay. yeah. yep. Home to FC Barcelona. It opened in 1957 and it's the largest football stadium in Europe. It hosted one of the European Cup's greatest ever finals in which Manchester United scored twice in mm. stoppage time yes. to snatch a 2-1 victory over Bayern Munich. I remember
1: watching that live and could not believe it. David Beckham, of course, played in that Manchester United team
0: There's something else Famous About this stadium It held The World Cup In 1982 Won by Italy But what Famous team Also played In the World Cup In 1982 Spain And another one Well But like Wishing to sound too parochial. Northern Ireland! Northern Ireland. Northern. But this, is, this is the reason why I actually have a prop here. It's DJ. my. It's a mug. It's a very small mug, isn't it? Like, you wouldn't get much tea or coffee in that. It's a wee mug, it's it true. It's, it's, it says España 82, and it has the mascot yeah. of the. match. I think he's called Naranjito.
1: It's Naranja. It's a, it's a giant naranja. orange. It is a
0: giant orange, and again, in the back, it says España 82. So that is a. An authentic Authentic. family heirloom. Yeah, I'm sure Antiques Roadshow would be doing... (laughs) They'd be lovely to get their hands on that. So... Priceless. Price. To me, probably worth about 50p, but to me, priceless. But when you think
1: about it, that was... 40 years ago this year.
0: Oh, wow. So that's a 40-year-old mug. That's a 40-year-old mug. Uh I'm going to have my hot chocolate out of it before I go to bed in George Best's house. I bag see the George Best bedroom, by the way. Well,
1: you can have it, but the irony is that George Best didn't ever play in the World Cup finals, despite being the most famous footballer in the world and much to his own chagrin. And he tried to get in the squad for... World Cup 82, Uh, Peter, our tour guide, was telling us, but Billy Bingham, the manager, didn't choose him because he was sort of towards the end of his pomp and his career and he chose instead Norman Whiteside, who was the youngest player ever to play in the World Cup Finals. For and he played, aged 17.
0: Amazing. Right, we're coming to the number one football stadium, On this list from LuxuryLifestyleMag.co.uk and it's quite controversial. Why would
1: that be? Well, is it even a football stadium? Oh, is it an ice rink? (laughs) That would be controversial. It would
0: be, yeah. I mean, according to LuxuryLifestyleMag.co.uk, they admit it's contentious, but it says that this place is more than what it's known for by its name. Can you guess... Right, well, if it's another
1: footballing... well, it's just, it's, Obviously, it holds more than one sport. Yes. Am I right? Yes.
0: Um,
1: I don't know. Okay.
0: <laughs> you didn't have much of a guess, well, to be honest. Me, all right, then let me guess. Okay, no, no, no. it's fine. Okay. It is right. It is the Melbourne Cricket Ground ah, in Melbourne, Australia. They play
1: cricket there, don't they? They do
0: play cricket. So what's
1: going on, Andrea?
0: Well, it is more than a cricket stadium. It's host to aussie rules football which isn't really football that is basically just football without sleeves that is they have different shaped balls and vests and vests Uh yeah but it's also home to the socceroos which is the nickname for the australia men's national soccer team so yeah it's called the melbourne cricket ground the locals call it the g it does also host football matches and some of the most famous soccer teams and we're calling it soccer to distinguish it from Australian rules football. Some of the biggest football teams in the world have graced the G's turf including Manchester United, Brazil, France, Greece, Argentina and Liverpool. What did you think of my top five list? Has it given you inspiration?
1: It's reminded me how fabulous these architectural wonders are and I really hope that this inspires anyone listening to this podcast to seek one out intentionally
0: Andrea yes that's me Let's
1: recap, shall we, on my three clues for where in the world. Footy-themed where in the world? Footy-themed
0: were in the world. Right,
1: first clue was... Uh-huh. This location features a depiction of another football legend. Second clue, the original artwork was
0: replaced after being globally ridiculed. No, is it a football stadium?
1: Ah! <sighs> right. Clue three? Yes, please. I bet you people who are listening to this are going, It's... Ah, and they're shouting it. Yeah. Right, so... Three is the location is named after the footballer who was born on the island on which it is based, or
0: located. This or is set, where I misunderstood. I know the footballer was born in the island, but yeah. also in the island yeah. is a place named after another footballer. No, it's the
1: same footballer. Oh, it's the
0: same footballer. I don't think your clues are very. Um... The
1: footballer, the footballer didn't say a footballer. Said okay. it's named after the footballer, football legend, footballer. There's a location. There's an artwork, and there's an island. I don't know. Well, the funny thing is that you sort of did guess it way back earlier in the podcast. I can't even remember that long ago. ago. Well, it is... Madeira International Airport, in which there is Uh, the bust of Cristiano Ronaldo, which was royally mocked when it was unveiled in 2017, looking nothing like it It was unveiled with him watching.
0: But he he then said he He thought it was quite good. But the
1: family, his family then said, we get rid of that, right? And it was removed and a new one put in, which looks slightly better. Um, but then people were saying, "Well, actually, they should keep the original one <laughs> because that it has become a tourist attraction in yeah. its own right." As
0: she said, this is you've kind of scored a hat trick over I, me.
1: But did you get my last one?
0: No, I don't think I've got any of these since like the first episode. I am. i either I'm good or I'm. I do really bad clues. You do really bad clues, and also I'm not that good. You're not very good. <laughs> That's it for another episode. Thank you, Heidi, for your impossible, difficult clues, and I'm pretty sure you're cheating somehow. Thank I'll you to you. everybody who helped make this episode what it was our special foodie themed episode we would like to thank Eastside tourism who led us overnight in george best childhood home which you can also do if you go online to georgebesthouse.com and book it yourself also thanks to peter mccabe our tour guide who you heard from earlier on in the show he was fantastic and an absolute wealth of knowledge
1: and also to our um, theme tune providers 3d shark who have another fantastic song out all about northern ireland
0: yeah, they also do football-themed songs. Don't they
1: have one about Brian Clough?
0: They do have one about Brian Clough. Listen and they had it. one for the Northern Ireland team a few years Euros, ago. the one we yeah. were talking about, yes.
1: Fabulous. But, oh, there are some people on the
0: pitch. Oh, no, Heidi, they think it's all over. It is now. <laughs>